guys. Welcome to my podcast, Tater Thoughts. Today, first of all, disclaimer, asterisk to this episode. I am a little bit of a space cadet. It's infusion day. So have you ever had surgery or a procedure? You were under some kind of anesthesia and you wake up and you might even wake up really recharged and refreshed initially. And you're like, yeah, let's eat. I'm starving and all that jazz. And then an hour, maybe two later, maybe right after you get home, you just hit the floor. You crash and it's very hard and you, you just want to sleep for 12 hours. I'm in that headspace right now where I'm in this fog and things are kind of bleh. But I want to do this episode today because yesterday... I did my episode, my official last Queen Deep Dive for Queen's eighth album, The Game. Of course, their first album released in the 80s, in 1980. Their first album with synthesizers. A lot of firsts with The Game. A big shift in the sound for the boys as well. So a lot of stuff happening with The Game that kick-started, ultimately, shifting sounds with their future albums. And of course, we'll talk about that as we get into those in the future. But... I wanted to officially wrap this up without going, you know, without too many days going by because I did speak about this feeling I have finishing the game and how, anyway, I'll I'll get into that as I get through my episode today because today is not, nope, it is not a queen deep dive. This is my queen deep diversion where I tell you Who stole my attention the most on the album we've just covered? I've done this after every single album that we've talked about from The Boys thus far. I've always chosen one of these wonderful, marvelous men, these brilliant boys, as the one who I could not stop listening to on an album. And the reason this is fun to do for each album is because Due to changes in production, mixing techniques, style, each of the albums has a very distinctive sound. And ultimately, that sound production, the performance of the production, does sometimes sort of indirectly enhance one performance over another simply because frequencies stand out better than other albums. To give you an example of this, I'll tell you, well, first, okay. See, my brain is a mess. All right. First, I'm going to, I'm going to recap who I gave the previous albums to. First, there was the guy's debut and I gave that to Roger. And then there was Queen 2. I, I gave it to Freddie. Sheer Heart Attack was John. A Night at the Opera was, yes, in a surprising twist, given Bohemian Rhapsody. I gave A Night at the Opera to Brian. A Day at the Races I gave to Freddie, but I kind of gave honorable mention to John because I was so impressed with his bass lines there. And News of the World I gave to Roger. And of course, Jazz I gave to Brian. And I want to talk about News of the World because, and actually both Day at the Races and News of the World, I love the production on those albums. Day of the Races was produced entirely by the boys for the first time they did that on an album. And I I absolutely adore how every instrument, every voice performance is highlighted in such a beautiful way. In some ways, I think both 
races and news stand out when it comes to the production against the later, the following jazz. Now I, and if you really want to know about all this, you can listen to my kickoffs for each of those albums because I covered production in my kickoffs. Jazz and the copy I have, which is a CD, it's a disc, it's not vinyl, is said to suffer greatly as far as sound quality in comparison to original vinyl pressings. I do not have any other copies of jazz except for that disc right now. So I, I have no other reference for the album, but I can tell you that the disc I have, which is, it's noticeably lacking on the, the lower end frequencies. And I think the general crispness of the album is sometimes muddy to my ears, but in comparison, News of the World, Day at the Race of Sound, pretty pristine and gorgeous and very clear to me in comparison. And again, because of those qualities, that's just one of the reasons. It's not the only reason I'll pick someone because they stand out more. It has to do with the performance. But one of the reasons I chose Roger for News of the World is because his drumming sounds amazing on News of the World. Not that he doesn't always sound amazing, but you get what I mean. It It, it is so dominant and so highlighted because of the production values that I simply cannot ignore how much my brain, my ears keep going back to the snares and the toms and the, the cymbals, which I love. So it's not just the production quality, but a lot of that, a lot of, of that will highlight how great, brilliant, marvelous a performance by one of these gents is. So I do take that into account, but it's not always the case. And I feel like I'm losing my way a little bit with this, so just bear with me. But I want to tell you today, of course, about who stole my attention the most on the game. Now, yeah, as I said, it's not just production values. We are talking about the man who I simply adored, who did innovative things, who impressed me so much that I couldn't stop thinking about him from one song to the next. That is ultimately the criteria I look for. And sometimes it's not every song, but it's the bulk of the songs. You know, if there's, I'll go back and look at my notes too. And if there is a man who stands out as, wow, I commented on this guy a lot, then that is the one I'm going to highlight as the guy who stole my attention. And on The Game, on Queen's 1980 The Game, it is, bass boom please, Mr. John Deacon, Disco Deaky. How appropriate is that actually? Got a little bit of disco influence here. But this goes beyond another one bites the dust. Way beyond, way beyond. It's just like, I didn't give A Night at the Opera to Freddie because of bow rap. No, I know that's, that's probably offensive to some people, but I chose Brian on A Night at the Opera because of Good Company and 39 and the Prophet Song. You know, I just, Brian kind of blew me away on opera, generally. So I chose him and a day at the races went to Freddie. But the reason I chose John is not just because of another one bites the dust and it's fabulous chart-topping vibe. This, this even goes beyond the catchy, impressive lyrical solo, the bass solo in Dragon Attack, which is such a rare occurrence. 
Bassists seldom get a moment like that to shine. And John has it in Dragon Attack, as brief as it is. It's brilliant. Uh Uh-uh. No, the game sees John at perhaps his lyrical best as a bassist. That's right. Brian's not the only one with lyrical guitar playing. John creates magic on his bass just like that. He's far from the tonic or the fifth or lingering on the root note of a chord. No. He flies up and down scales chromatically. He plays accents and glissandos. They seem effortless and innate coming from him. It's like they're not even on the paper. He's just doing it because it feels like it needs to be there. His arrangements are almost melodic enough to be their own voice and with incredible precision. The obvious, the catchy Another One Bites the Dust, and the solo in Dragon Attack. They're both impeccable, singable bass lines, dynamic and interesting. He picks up different instruments on this album too. Acoustic guitar in Need Your Loving Tonight, and even electric guitar, keyboards, and piano in the aforementioned Another One Bites the Dust. He effortlessly performs all kinds of diverse styles and genres. Rockabilly, hello, crazy little thing called love. Funk, again, another one bites the dust. Poppy blues, don't try suicide. And he gives us notes in treble clef and almost a classical inflection. Sail away, sweet sister, and save me. It's like all previous albums with John's brilliance just culminate here. And his presence is in full force. His danceable intricate lines front and center quite often. And his confidence, I think, and assertiveness is through the roof. The inclusion of the poppier, dancier styles here on the game undoubtedly showcases John's talents all the more because he has a natural affinity for funk, pop, a little bit of soul. He liked, and probably still does like, those styles of play and music. And also the mixing and the mastering techniques, the production of this album highlight just how phenomenal a bass, a bassist, John is. And that is why I chose him for the game. And I knew it was him early on. This is partially because, yes, I know this album well, even before I went through my deep dives. I've listened to these songs many times over. In fact, interesting little fact for you, when I run, and I often listen to Queen when I do, not all the time, but often, this has become one of my favorite running albums, the game. I I don't know why. The listen... What is that word? Listenability? (laughs) The accessibility, there we go, of the game is through the roof because the songs are very singable. They're very catchy. They're more cyclic. Again, you know, we've talked about that radio readiness. We've talked about the predictability of these arrangements that make them perhaps less adventurous and less creative as compositions in a way, but it also makes them extremely likable. And because of that quality, I can listen to this album on repeat on a long run and not get tired of it. If anything, it's a, it's a really wonderful, peppy, positive distraction simply because of the performances. 
So the game has become this album that I, I love to listen to it when I'm out about and I'm doing something, I'm exerting myself doing something or I'm humming away and taking care of business or something in the house. You know, it's, it's one of those albums that I constantly go back to that's extremely fun to listen to. So I know it very well. And John's performance as a bassist is beyond the hits and the numbers that we know and recognize all the time. Again, this is much more than another one by the Dust. In fact, if I was going to tell you my favorite songs with John's performances in them, I don't even know if I would pick another one bites the dust. I, I love his own performance and his need your loving tonight. I love what he did in Sail Away, Sweet Sister. So there, there's an incredible array of moods that he touches when he plays too. He's like the rest of the guys where he can sit in any genre ever and give us this performance that is immaculate, convincing, and moving all at the same time. He is that rare... He's that rare instrumentalist, that rare musician that can do just about anything on his instrument, I think. And I love what he does on the game. And that's why I gave it to him. I love John Deacon on the game, ladies and gents. And I'm even more sad and deflated that I'm officially now that I've told you my pick for who stole my attention on the game. I'm officially done with the album and I'm closing the door. And I talked about this on my last episode and this is what I was getting at at the start here, but I wanna elaborate more. I don't know what it is. I, I've felt kind of sad before and I realize this is super trivial. I'm talking about, I'm talking about my, my deep dives for, queen. It's not anything super important, but it is a journey I'm going on. So as I've finished each album, there's always a sense of shutting one door and getting ready to pull another one open. So there's, there's always been this anticipation to move forward, but for some reason I, I can't pinpoint. I am super deflated about being done with the game. Part of it is I am, I am definitely past the halfway point of my Queen Deep Dives, and, and it's taken me almost a year and a half to get here, but nonetheless, I'm past that halfway point. Part of it is, yes, my very, very, very favorite albums collectively are largely behind us. Yes, the next album experience, and this, I suppose, is a bright light ahead of me that I'm looking forward to diving into is it's going to be extremely different because this is not your typical studio album. I mean, it is, but details later. It's, it's going to require, I think, a different approach with how I go through these queen deep dives. It, it has to be different because of the nature of the album structure and the songs. So in a way, I suppose that gives me something to look forward to. But I mentioned too, my, my stall, I feel like I'm stalling a little bit as I, as I get through these dives. You know, I was cruising for a while and now I've started to hit some turbulence, so to speak. And it's getting harder and harder to get through these for, for some reason, despite my love for these songs. So I hope I, I can muster some energy from somewhere and it just hits me. Perhaps as I dig into, again, this next album is going to be, it's going to be a stark contrast. And I am looking forward to, I'll tell you this much, I've been pretty sure even before I started or got too deep into these albums, which guy was, was going to be named my Who Stole the Show pick. But going into more of these 80s albums here, I'm less certain about that. 
And it's going to be almost more of a challenge for me to, there's a few albums that I, yeah, I kind of already know, but there's others that I am very undecided about. And it's going to require a very intent listening ear, which I'm going to do anyway, but I'm, I'm going to have to really dig and hone in on each of these men and their marvelousness and pick. And at the end of the day, on some of them, I might just flip a coin <laughs> because I don't really want to do honorable mentions. Yes, I did that for, what was that? A day at the races, but I, I don't want to do that routinely. There's got, there can only be one. <laughs> there can only be one. So I, I want to be diligent about that. It's got to be one. But anyway, John Deacon stole my attention on the game and Dragon Attack. It's not even just his solo in Dragon Attack. It's his entire presence there and the enthusiasm. How can you sound enthusiastic on a bass? I don't know how that's possible, but John can do it and does do it pretty consistently. And to this day, despite the fact that we're songs and songs beyond it, one of my very favorite moments from John is on the Millionaire Waltz. And I think that's that that baseline intro, that little solo he has at the at the start of it, that moment alone pretty much solidified the fact that I had to give him honorable mention on that album because it's like he's playing a classical line meant for a violinist or something. It's it's amazing what he does in that little line. And I've I've heard and watched a lot of bassists play or attempt to play that introduction. And it's tougher than you might think. It's tougher than you might think. So props to you people, man, taking on that toughness, that danceable work from Disco Diki. I'm sure there will be many more great moments from him. In fact, I can think of a few already where I'm anticipating getting to those songs and I want to talk about John's brilliance because I, I also think that bassists don't get, they don't get the attention they deserve. They don't get the praise. They don't get the respect they deserve. And especially John, because he was the quiet one. He was the one who in some reviews, reviews, in some interviews, sorry, Space Cadet. Some interviews, he literally said nothing. I still adore him in their interview prior to the Live A performance because every single one of them chimes in, says something about the egos that will be amongst everyone the day of the performances and what they're going to play and the little cat fight, nitty gritty stuff that they joke about. And all John does there the whole time is sit and smile and nod. <laughs> It's fantastic. It's so John. But in an interesting twist, when he and Roger were on, oh, what was that show, you guys? Was that 1979? They did an interview with Sally. And I don't remember the name of it now. Um, but John was actually quite chatty. And I love that. Everybody's like, oh, John, <laughs> you're so cute. You're, you're talking, man. Anyway, John's great got his own little personality that was necessary for the success of the band. I think any of them would say that, that John worked because he fit. He was their sixth or seventh bassist, I think. And despite the skill of some and the attitude of others, John was the one. John was the one, period. And we'll, we'll talk about more 
of John later, I'm sure, we'll celebrate him more. In fact, I think there might be at least one more album where I've already decided it's going to be his when it comes to the man I can't stop listening to. But that is it for the game. I'm done with it. It's done. It's over. Amen. Let's, let's try to gracefully shut that door and move on. I'm going to try to not feel so deflated. <laughs> I'm going to try to be excited because yes, we're, we're getting into newness that is going to be a one-off through all of these queen deep dives. I was actually thinking about naming these upcoming dives something different because they're going to be that much more distinctive, but we'll see. All right, you guys keep yourselves alive and I'll be back next time. Hopefully much more coherent and much more present and with something great to share with you. And I want to thank all of you again for tuning in. So many of you, you guys, I, I, I cannot believe the increase in audience I've had the last few months. It's been pretty amazing to watch, but I am really grateful you're here. I hope you stick around for however many of these things you want to hear me ramble about, because let's face it, I'm just talking to nobody. <laughs> I'm talking to you guys and I know you're there. But podcasting has been great. It's been fun. It's been quite liberating. And honestly, it has helped with, ultimately, I think a lot of things in my general presentation, my expression, my being more confident to speak up about things and feeling more at ease when it comes to responding off the cuff, which historically was never a thing for me. I am your classic overthinker rehearse everything in my head before I think it or say it or do it. And this has been a wonderful cathartic experience to get outside of that shell. So anyway, I, before I keep rambling anymore, I'll be back next time to talk more queen and yeah, keep yourselves alive. I don't care. I know I said it, but I cannot say it enough. Keep yourselves alive. <laughs>